Aloha, unicorns. Dragons. And Polly. Oh, oh my. Welcome back, Menagerie. We are here with another episode, and this week we have a lot of questions. Yeah, we do. So, gals, mm-hmm. I have a surprise for you and everybody listening. You know what it is? What? Voodoo Rider is back. Woo! I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Um, it's funny. I say welcome back. Um, I, it's, this is probably just going to be like the next episode. But we talked to you. You know, we recorded yours uh, weeks the, back. The first interview. Yeah, the first interview yeah. was a couple weeks mm-hmm. back. So it, for us, it's like welcome back. For everyone else, we're like, uh, dumbass. We just listened to it last week. Um, but <laughs> Can't she get is enough back. of me. I'm here. Can't get enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know that you got some questions from people, right, online? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it when you guys send me questions. I have a ton, but I kind of, we're here for it. I kind of grouped them up together. Um, if the topics were similar. So the first one that I got a lot actually was, is it a red flag? If the reason a couple wants a third is because one of them wants to do something sexually that the other doesn't, for example, (laughs) If the man wants to do anal, but the woman doesn't, so they get a third. Oh. In order to experiment with this, like, particular sexual kink that they're looking wow. into. So or it's, like, it's like my wife won't do it, but maybe the, the third will. Right. So, Bubbles, I want to hear your answer because I feel like it's very similar to mine. there is not enough red fabric in the world for the flag i want to make for that um i think that wanting to experience a kink outside of a relationship is a completely normal thing but i definitely feel that if it's being done for the act it should be done you know with a sex worker or some type of sex toy equivalent because if you're just doing it for the sex act then you don't really care about the third person who's involved i also think like you're if it's your girlfriend or wife or husband whatever it is i feel like for them I mean, they would probably even feel like jealous about it where it's like i understand that so I guess it, it depends. It depends if the if the partner that isn't doing the act is saying, well, let's get a third because I don't want to do that. Then just in terms of this relationship, not for the third. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that for them, okay. But if the other partner is like, well, you won't do it. So I want to get a third to do it. Like, that's just mean. Like, I think you're, you're it's it, not only is it mean, like, I think they're going to be jealous. They're like, oh, well, you- it's like passing off the dirty work. Almost. Yeah, I just that sh- I'm just thinking of that terms, not even like the third coming in. So Right. So yeah. writer, what's your your thoughts on it? So, I actually have a really interesting take. Like for me this would be a huge red flag cuz it's not something that I would consent to, but if you are a unicorn and you are okay with that dynamic and both people in the couple are okay with that dynamic, like go for it. I was going to add I mean, that honestly, to you. Like consent is key, right? There's there's doing it ethically and then anything, like as long as it's ethical, as long as everybody's consenting and knows what's going on, like let it ride, girlfriend. Absolutely. (laughs) I do think though, just based off of that simple, oh, in our profile, we're looking for someone to do 
anal because I don't like it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's in that situation, no me, it dog. doesn't sound like they've really thought it out very much or discussed it or talked about their boundaries and thought mm-hmm. plan through what happens after, what happens during. You know, all three of you are going to be in that situation together. So there are just logistics and things that need to be worked out. Yeah, and not only that too, I mean, who, like... I'm sure there will be people that would respond to that and say, sure, that's fine. I like anal, let's say, for example, but you're not, you're kind of like limiting who's going to, who's going to answer too. Yeah. You got to realize that. Yeah. But like you said, uh, Voodoo Rider, if you have it ethically, you know, if someone out there is like, I, it really turns me on to get used and abused and, you know, that would be so hot for me to be like the dirty toy. If that's what the third person is into and there are people out there, there's nothing wrong with those desires as long as it's communicated without any hidden agendas, you know, very upfront. This is what we're looking for. If this is what you're into, it could work. You know, I also think that there would be a lot of tricky situations that would arise from that. Just, you know, but like I said, everybody has their own thing. And as long as everyone involved knows all of the facts and is open to it. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what are the questions uh, that people write in for? Oh my gosh. This one, I really liked. It comes with like a small story time. Okay. Fantastic. So this person wrote in and said, I went to a strip club with some friends and ran into a guy I was talking to with his friends. We were drinking all night. One thing led to another and we ended up taking a stripper home with us and having a threesome. The next day I was really upset about it because I was drunk and had drunkenly agreed, but it's not something I really wanted to do. But I also find myself wanting to be a unicorn for other couples. Why do I feel this way? Hmm. I actually Mm -hmm. have some thoughts on that one, too. Let's go, Bubbles. Well, for me, at least, I have experienced threesomes, both being a member of the quote-unquote couple and being the unicorn. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea of bringing someone else into a relationship where maybe you haven't built a super solid foundation so you don't have that base of trust and security. So maybe you feel much more anxious or insecure. Ooh, what if he's thinking something different about her? But if you go into it, you at least assume that the couple has a balanced, healthy relationship where it can be more about everyone enjoying each other than you thinking about how it affects your uncertain relationship. Yeah, definitely. What I hear in this is actually like that writer and listener, you guys did not have a conversation maybe about wanting to have a threesome. So you have no internal boundaries around this. And like Bubbles Mm -hmm. was saying, this is not a situation that was fantastic to put you in to put your new budding relationship in it says that you're just talking to this guy so I think really why you feel this way is because you had a level of non-consent in there you know like Mm -hmm. you were not ethically ready like the communication hadn't happened for you to feel really comfortable 
with that situation and excited about it and your drunken alter ego which we all have right. maybe just got a little too brave and convinced and like decided that they were gonna jump in you know head first and you just you know it's way different being a unicorn going in and knowing so I think that's probably why you feel that way absolutely and jumping on to that idea of rushing in I know we've talked about it in the past of sometimes when you're interested in exploring some aspect of your sexuality or this quote-unquote lifestyle you fear a lack of opportunity so when you have an opportunity that may not be completely right for you you still have that part of you inside that is interested and curious so I wouldn't feel badly about having that interest yeah and 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 in terms of like even like uh like a guy's perspective on it as well like it sounds like this it was it was a obviously it was a girl right it was a girl and she had it was a guy right and then so yeah Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it almost sounds like she was like, well, I don't want to like disappoint him or like, I want to like impress him by being like, yeah, I want to like try. And the cool girl. Yeah. 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 And that's the Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, obviously, like you're saying, like we talk about like talking about it beforehand and boundaries, you know, any like um, spontaneous threesome, especially with somebody you don't know in a relationship, like in the long run, like I just feel like it's going to hurt the relationship because you don't have those boundaries from the beginning. And, and, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like she wasn't really happy with the whole situation. So I just feel like, you know, don't, don't have a threesome to try to impress someone, you know, that's, that's Absolutely. the advice I put out. Yeah. Yeah. There, and there are going to be other opportunities. I promise you, like, like bubbles was saying, like it, you can get caught up in it so easily and really excited and even Especially like really turned on. partner is really, yeah. pressuring or even just really excited and enthusiastic you mm-hmm. kind of want to share in that and yeah yeah engage that with your partner spontaneous threesomes <laughs> are really for like the couple that's already talked about having spontaneous threesomes right not the guy that yes. you've talk- been talking to or, for like you know three random strangers together <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right, right, right. Hey. yeah yeah you guys want to join um it's it's funny too, and again, like I, I don't want to come off like in a, in a not a racist way. I'm sorry, in a sexist way that you know a a girl. There's a reason why they're called they're called unicorns. Like you're if you're like an opportunity to have a threesome, like it's really. I'm just letting you know, like in terms of like a guy, it's not like guys are looking for it, couples are looking for it. Like if a girl's like, hey, you know, I really want to have mm-hmm. a find a threesome you go on any app and look for it, you're going to be bombarded by people. You get a lot of messages. Tons <laughs> yeah. of messages, you know? Yes. Okay, so here's another question that I feel like kind of goes along with our little story time question. Can you talk about drinking for courage versus drinking to drown out the doubt that you're not wanting to do it? Mm. I think this is so such an important conversation especially in the poly world yes who wants to go first (laughs) um i I guess i'll field this one a little bit in the beginning we kind of touched on this um when we talked about uh when captain and i were dating um looking for you know to add someone into our relationship we had a rule of no getting frisky on the first date because oftentimes we would be having drinks yes and we didn't want that unsure boundary to be 
an issue at all. Um, I think that if you have doubts, you should think about it sober or maybe even don't drink. If you're, if you have any doubts, stay sober to make sure that your head is in the game and you know that you're where you want to be. Um, I personally use alcohol as courage, but I've also worked through the doubts a lot on my side. You know, I'm very analytical about my thoughts and feelings and I'm like, okay, why did I feel this way? What, uh, you know, I, I felt uncomfortable in this situation. What was it? What caused that uncomfortable situation? You know, on my own time, sober usually. Um, so that like allows me to have this loosening of my uh, inhibitions with the alcohol. But I think that that's a very risky line to dance. I think that your boundary of not getting frisky on the first date kind of ensures that the alcohol will be more of a courage booster than a doubt inhibitor because the worst thing that would maybe happen would be you share something a little too much for a first date, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I I think that you should go into it not having doubts. This is just my opinion. I don't think that in terms of like the alcohol, you shouldn't be in there like, "Mm, I don't really know if I want to do this or not. Because that's to me when you think in in terms of doubts. For the courage aspect for me, it's like losing my inhibitions, meaning like I can be a little bit more like frisky. So I feel like like you shouldn't go in it being like, I'm not really sure if I want to do this or not. Like to me, if I had someone that we met that – wanted to you know we said hey we want to get you know frisky with you and they're like mm, i'm not really sure if i want to do it or not i'd be like well i don't want you to do it if you're not sure if you want to do it like you need to know like that's why our first date was always you know meet them for drinks the second date was like we well, are coming over like that's the actual aspect of it so that's yeah for me it was like don't drink for i, I don't know if i want to do it or not drink for like i want to get frisky and it's going to improve my like <laughs> friskiness level so that's mm-hmm. that's like my take on it i think that it's important to talk about um, what it feels like to drink for courage versus what it feels like to drink to convince mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it is scary. Absolutely. Like, hands down, you're going to have nerves the first time that you go in with somebody or a newbie, or even if you're with a woman for the first time and you're a woman and you've never been with another woman and it gets really, you're like, there's four of some things and two of everything else. And what, what the hell am I going to do with my hands? Yeah. Like, yes, yes, is, yes. If those are your thoughts, like the excited you'll feel it kind of in the base of your tummy like butterflies you might get like a little shaky maybe a little sweaty like yeah. and you have a drink to like take the edge off that's like drinking for courage of like yes i'm gonna yes. do this and i'm gonna like blow their mind but like I'm yes scared to death. yes versus I mean, drinking to convince yourself is like you're gonna feel it more in your chest more oh i think our mic might have just cut out that's okay though that's okay so uh i was actually gonna jump in and say something that you know, uh, the very first time that we, well, I guess Titi, you were drunk, you had some, some alcohol, but when I showed up, we kind of told the story the first time that, you know, our first experience, I actually, um, I was completely sober and it was a very awkward experience for me. I didn't even come. Like, it was like, I didn't, I was just like at the very end was like, okay, this is like that it's over. And then after that, I realized that like, it just does like loosen your inhibitions in terms of like, not like, do I want to do it or not? But you definitely get like a little bit more like frisky. Yeah. I also I'm think back. that sometimes. Oh my god! Okay. Oh, she's <laughs> back. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah, technical difficulties are never fun. I Those also so think fun. that in 
a first threesome before you kind of negotiate moving and changing positions. There can sometimes be not dead air, but some in-between adjustment time. There and I think is. alcohol Ooh. helps a little bit with filling that gap and letting you go with the flow and not have the worries creep in. And then For we've sure. definitely had like the like the drink break. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like let's take a break and do this and like let's take a couple like couple <laughs> of drinks as well. Like that, that works. So um Vudurata, you got cut off. Is there anything else you wanted to add like what you were saying? Yeah, I think it's important to assess what you're trying to accomplish before you start taking the drinks, right? And the other thing that I will say about this that's really important um, is that if you see one of the people in the couple that you are going to hook up with drinking to drown instead of drinking for courage, that is a red flag for you, my friend. And you should start asking questions like, You'll see, you'll see somebody be nervous and nervous drinking, but in a way that's like a little put off versus like, I really want to touch you, but I don't know how. So I'm going to like take a drink of this gin and like grab your boob. Like, and I absolutely agree about the downtimes, the switching positions and everything. Listen, there are a lot of limbs and a lot of pieces and a lot of things that go in different holes and everything. And it can get awkward sometimes. It can, it can definitely get awkward. If you can't laugh about it, you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be like doing it, right? So there's going to be weird noises too. One of the things that happens a lot, you guys, that I will be very vulnerable about right now is the skin suction fart noise. Yep. Uh, yep. Constantly, okay? It's okay. And there are just okay. so many extra bodies to make the noise against. Yeah, it's yeah. true. You just want to yeah. get close to everyone. And you're a little sweaty because you're real turned on. And, and, and we, sweaty. I mean, we told uh, we we did a good bad good the bad and the ugly the last episode, and we talked about um this one girl that came over and she got very very yeah. drunk, very drunk, and she was then like like almost like sloppy. It was to a point where I'm be like, I wanted to like almost slow her down. But she did. She needed that courage. But it wasn't like, do I want to do this or not? She's just like, and she was always also said she hasn't really done something like this in a while. Right. So she was she was ready to be like, I just need some courage. But I mean, some courage and a lot of courage. I mean, it was like you're she was slamming whiskey. So God, I remember. Yeah, I was listening to that, and all I could think was like, Wow, girl, I feel that. You know how many times that I have just like downed bourbon because I'm right, like, right. Oh my God, this girl is so hot. Like I'm gonna pass out. They're so attractive. Like. <laughs> That is totally fine, okay? Like, yeah. I've it happens. We actually have a, a, another story that we're going to share later on in a future episode about someone that came to our house and she was like, I mean, she got to our house and she was already drunk. Yeah, this was like the second oh. time she had come over. So the first time was normal. Normal, I mean, yeah. a few drinks. Yeah. Wait, are we going to tell now? No, 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 no. no, no. no. We're okay. going to save we'll it. It's a very good one. But she was, <laughs> and, and what happened was not okay. So- just oh boy post, post i can't wait to hear that one yeah, wow so yeah i think that it's important like just assess yourself friends like assess your body and see where you're holding the tension to kind and and make sure that you are drinking because you're so excited and not drinking because you're like a little freaked out all right so what's the next question all right the next question from the menagerie is how do you get past the fear of the stigma and what helped you get there? Hmm. Like the stigma of like, I think that this is like your sexual orientation and your relationship beliefs. 
-hmm. maybe both? I have a probably quick, easy answer for that. I have suffered from OCD for literally as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got treatment for it, I felt like I was no longer beholden to anything in my life and that I could finally do things for me that make me happy. And I was so tired of having all of this anxiety surrounding other people's perceptions of me. And I decided that I was tired and I'd had enough. And anyone in my life who loves me and supports me will love me and support me anyway. And if they don't, then I don't want them in my life. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, yeah, I know I, I could see where people have the fear of, you know, obviously getting into this lifestyle too, um, you know, the stigma of it. You really have to have that, like either I don't give a shit attitude or my friends and family are going to accept me no matter what. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there is definitely that fear that comes along with it. Um, you know, I, I had it when we first started. I, you know, I, literally in like four days, I'm getting on a plane to go visit my, my, my family. And I'm like so pumped to be able to like talk about this relationship. But I did have that fear in the beginning. And it wasn't like I was scared that like my family was going to judge me. It was just like, I just knew it was, I think my fear was that my parents were, would be concerned that, you know, uh, TT and I, our marriage wasn't, wasn't in bad shape. That was like right. my fear of it. And it's like, that's not, no, that's not at all. So that was like yeah. my fear, I would say. Um, so. mm -hmm. I think that um, I have a really straightforward answer to this and it is Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. There's a quote in it from Theodore Roosevelt that I'm just going to read aloud because it really helped me to get to a place where I could accept myself and accept that anyone who is going to push away from me because of the things that made me happy in my life that were not destructive to anybody and that really brought value and warmth to my life, anyone who was going to push me away because of that was not somebody that I needed. So the quote is from Theodore Roosevelt and it's called The Man in the Arena. It says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who does so and actually strives to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end that the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. This was really a good quote for courage for me, to move past the stigma and into a place where if I wasn't going to take somebody's advice, I wasn't going to take their criticism, especially of how I lived my life and how right. I felt about my people. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I agree with that, what everyone said. But um, for me personally, I kind of approached it as I need to do what makes me happy, um, which is kind of the same as, as Bubble said, minus the 
uh, OCD <laughs> part of it, but um, you know, I, I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. by nature, which I struggle with because a lot of times that um, uh, it doesn't end so great for me to please other people. Um, and I think that this discovery in my life has helped me uh, please myself and do what makes me happy. And mm-hmm. yeah, if, if the people around me are not, uh, don't want to be part of that, then they can just go away. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think all of us are pretty comfortable in our own skin, which, uh, you know, that's great for us. But I do want to acknowledge the many, many people out there that that aren't as confident or comfortable saying, this is who I am. Fuck you if you don't like it. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and uh, yeah. Also, for those people who maybe aren't in a situation where it's safe for them to come out. Absolutely. Younger people. Whatever your situation is, as long as you can acknowledge yourself, your own journey, I think that's what's important. And if you're not out, we see you. If you are out, we see you. And we're happy to have you as a part of this community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our heart definitely goes out to those who struggle with this. Um, You know, we we know it's Mm -hmm. not an easy journey. No, it's not. It's not. And it's a phase, you know, like coming out, uneducating yourself and then re-educating yourself to get rid of that stigma. All of that is all of that is a journey. And there are phases of coming out, coming out to yourself, coming out to your best friend. You know, you don't necessarily have to be out to everybody. You do not have to be out at all for your sexuality to be valid, for your relationship beliefs to be valid. You never have to have dated in a polycule at all to identify with this. You never have to have kissed a woman to identify as bisexual. Like your sexuality before they've ever kissed anyone. So yeah. (laughs) Kind of a bullshit argument. Yeah. (laughs) But you guys can be in whatever phase of this is right for you right now. And it is completely valid. So we see you. We're so glad that you're listening and that you're here. You belong you're worthy and you're going to get there friend. And we're going to be there right alongside you. So I have another question that kind of piggybacks off of this. And I know we're getting a little deep. Ooh, I like it in deep. (laughs) (laughs) This listener says, have you guys ever been discriminated against because of your sexual orientation or relationship beliefs? How do you deal with it? I I don't, I don't think I ever have, but again, I, there, you know, I think we talked about it as well. It's like, you know, obviously we're out to the majority of our friends, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like our close friends and like, even like our newer friends. But I think there's a good amount of like friends I've had in the past where just, I don't see them as often. So obviously we don't, you don't see them that, you know, that well, but so there, I don't, I've never, I've never had any discrimination. I actually lost a very, very good friend when I started dating a girl in my sorority. Mm. Which mm-hmm. Funny because she was also bi and also in the sorority and had also tried to hook up with me. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> I, I got some I got some pretty nasty messages about how sororities weren't meant to be a breeding ground and oh my god 
told to lose their number and never talk to them again. Oh my God. So how did yeah. you deal with that? <laughs> well, I was in a lot of shock. I was confused, dazed. I thought she was joking at first. <laughs> and I asked her if she was serious and she was. And I'm going to be real. It took me a long time to get over it. Of I course. think any that there's some type of rejection for a reason that you feel is unjust. There's that hurt and confusion and misunderstanding. And eventually, you know, I kept going. I realized how many people supported me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to live that if they're not going to support your happiness and be there to go through it with you, then... Do you really want them on your team? Yeah. 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 We've we've said that. We've said that as well. You know, when we first started dating bubbles, um, I I made the statement of, you know, we're going to introduce you to all of our friends as our girlfriend. And if anyone Mm -hmm. has really a a problem with that, then they're not going to be our friends anymore. Yeah. Kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm like, we'll find new friends that are okay with it. And if we, you know, we have fun, the three of us, fuck friends, you know, it's like one of those things too. So, but we are also very lucky that we have a lot of support you know yeah, every we do. We do. every yeah. single person we've told about um bubbles is have has welcomed her into you know their friendship just as they have us um right. the, the family okay. members yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i mean i feel like uh at least at this table um, this question isn't, you know, I, I want to be able to give you yeah. a but, more real so answer, we, we but we're lucky. We're just we lucky, lucky, you know? And we yeah. haven't, we haven't experienced that. But again, I just feel like having that mindset of you got to make yourself happy. And if those person, if they, if they are judging you or discriminating you for any way, it's probably not someone you want to be friends with in the long run anyway. But I've seen, you know, I've seen like groups, social media groups where people are saying like, my parents don't talk to me anymore because of this, right. but we're happy. You know, that happens for any reason. You know, there people have yep. family and friends mm-hmm. fallouts all the time for any reasons. I mean, I had a fallout with a friend uh, right during the pandemic and haven't spoke to him at all since then. And it was the stupidest reason, but it was one of those things where I want to say, well, if you're going to get upset about this and I don't want to be your friend anyway, you know, right. so sometimes it happens for m- many reasons besides sexuality or you know relationship um but yeah what what about you have you had any so this is an interesting dynamic in my life um my family my immediate family is very accepting but my larger family is very conservative so like my parents were like hell yeah please love girls we would love it if you dated women exclusively my grandparents were of the opposite like belief system so it um it it's been really interesting I've definitely been very distant with those family members and lost the close relationships that I had in my childhood with them because of my sexuality and being very open about it um and a a number of factors too right like it's never what I want to get across is that it's never really about your sexuality it's never really about your relationship beliefs it's about the other person's problems the things that they haven't worked through their own insecurities about 
Yeah. Yes. About, and even about themselves, you know, they're the problems that they see with themselves, they're going to project onto you. And because they can't put themselves in your shoes, they're going to, you know, project that onto you too. And you are still valid. So this has definitely happened to me. I've lost a job offer before because I was dating a woman at the time uh, pretty openly and they found my Facebook profile and I had like a picture of her and I as my profile picture and I got a job offer ascended. Um, The other thing I want to say is like, it fucking hurts y'all. Like it is, it is sad as hell. And you, you let yourself have all of that. There is no rule ever that says when somebody hurts you, you shouldn't be hurt. Not a thing. You can be a bad bitch and still cry in the bathroom about somebody discriminating against you or like an awkward situation or something going wrong. Like you can still be a strong, extremely valid person and feel pain about somebody discriminating against you. And I think that the other thing that has happened to me and that I've seen happen to a lot of my alphabet mafia poly people (laughs) is that we get tokenized. So the last, not my current job, but my last job that I had kind of used me as their like resident gay. So it was really uncomfortable for me because I wasn't being discriminated against, but I wasn't there as a voice to make sure that things were more inclusive. You were still being singled out for your sexuality. Yes. Yeah, it was Just more in like a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, we have a gay, so we we can't possibly be homophobic because we we have a gay. Like she's <laughs> she's right there. You see her? That's the gay. Like we, we pay for it. her to be here. We right. pay. Yeah, we pay her. Oh, <laughs> uh, the resident ridiculous. gay. Yes. Yeah. So tokenization is a real thing too. And it's a, it's a, it's a big issue. And just know that if you've experienced that, like that is extremely valid and it's fuckity fucked up. Another kind of aspect of that is if your sexuality isn't immediately visible, mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. still seen and still heard. I know that I am quote unquote, very typically straight passing, which I, I hate using that as a term now with uh, all of the fluidity around gender and sexuality, but most it's still people is yeah. I'm straight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very hard to have assumptions made and parts of my personality erased. And obviously that isn't the only type of discrimination out there, but... Yeah. Bubbles, do you ever feel like you have to be the invisible person in the room like you've got to like make your that piece of you smaller because I I definitely experience that well I think I feel a little bit less of the need to minimize because I feel like it's minimized by everyone else Mm, mm -hmm. like I really would kind of have to go out of my way to say hey, I am totally outside of this typical heteronormative romantic spectrum. And sometimes I feel like I have to convince people. Yeah. You know, the, yep. the opposite direction, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes I feel like I need to have my gay card out and show my stamps, mm-hmm. you know? Of, I've eaten this many pussies. 
let me ride the ride. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I part will, of this. <laughs> yes, I will let never forget. A few years ago, I was in a friend's wedding, and I remember her saying to the other bridesmaids that they needed to watch their language because I was part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And the girl turned around and looked at me and was like, no, you're not. Like, you've never really dated a girl. And I felt like I had to validate my own sexuality by pulling out my experiences. And it was it was awful. It felt so minimizing and dehumanizing that because I'm very feminine presenting that suddenly I can't be gay now. Like, it was, it was really, really hurtful. And I think that in social circles, I tend to run into that situation a lot more where people are like, prove to me that you're gay. Let me shave my head and throw on a flannel real quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Jeez. And I think that in like a more professional setting, the opposite tends to be true. You know, I work in a sector that's really focused on funding and need people to donate to it. So when one of those donors says something homophobic or really like against any form of relationship that's not between a man and a woman, I feel like I have to become suddenly invisible. And this was something that was brought up on our Facebook page. And so I really do want to talk about it. This is a real thing that happens to us. It does. And it's completely invalidating and it feels crappy and it's hard to be open about yourself when you've got two sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. kind of putting pressure on you in two completely different ways. Like Mm -hmm. be more gay, be less gay. Like, be more monogamous. Be less monogamous. We're so not going to be know. happy either way. Yes. But we're still mad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what I – the piece of advice I want to give is, like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Do what you got to do to secure your bag. Do what you got to do to make sure that you're in a safe and healthy place. But fuck them. Yeah. If they I need validation advice. about your gayness. Fuck them. You're not. You're not gonna have sex with that person. You don't need to prove that you would. Like, fuck their mom. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. Become their stepmother. Uh, (laughs) Ground them for eternity. (laughs) All right, Menagerie. So that was a lot of uh, questions from you. You know, that was our Q and A episode. Um, thank you, Voodoo Rider, for coming on. And, um, you know, I think that uh, Titi had a, a summary. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, so I think that the takeaway message with this is fuck them. Yeah. Fuck yes. the people fuck in your em. life that make you feel unhappy in whatever way. Do what makes you happy and fuck everyone else. Yeah. And Absolutely. fuck the people who make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> there so- it is. So we're going to have, um, we have a lot more questions and we're going to try to, um, you know, address them. We will get to them and please keep on sending them in. Um, yes. You know, Voodoo Rider might have a, uh, I mean, her inbox is blowing up through social media. <laughs> so she might have to create a, a, a different uh, ways for you guys to get them. But we will make it a little bit easier for you guys as well to, um, to send questions in. Absolutely. Keep sending them in. And when we get a dedicated inbox up and rolling, we will let you guys know. We will get to all of your questions. Keep on sending them, guys. And we will... Keep doing the uh, question and answer segment. All right. So that was great. All those questions were fantastic. We really want to hear from everyone. You know, send in questions. And again, if, we, if there's something else you want us to talk about as well, content, you know, contact us. Um, 
Voodoo Rider is going to try to maybe set up a uh, an inbox that she can use because I guess like her social media is completely blowing up. Um, I'm also going to put on our Facebook group. I'm going to put a Google form in there where it makes it a little bit easier. You just click on it and you can just write in a question. You don't have to put any information in. It'll be completely anonymous. Um, so that'll be something that's coming uh, forward. And we're actually going to do kind of like a question of the week where we'll have a question and we'll answer it. And Voodoo Rider will um, she'll tune in with us so that way um, you know we got someone else's uh, opinion as well. Yeah, we had a lot of fun answering those questions today. And just be patient. If you send a question, we will get to it down the road. We might not always have time right away, but it will be addressed. Absolutely. And again, you can find us at unicorns, dragons, and A-N-D, poly at gmail.com. That's also our um, Instagram handle. And we also have the Facebook group of unicorns, dragons, and poly. Um, Next week, we actually are going to be um, talking to some swingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, they actually live kind of local with us, and some of their stories are just, they're they are wild. So Local to us, not with us. That sounds like they live in our house. <laughs> they, they don't. <laughs> they don't live here. I don't know if I can handle them living here. They have some crazy, sexy stories. All right, so anyway. Get you know, excited. Get excited, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week.